There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of In Vino. We're back again with Marco Smilia and Brendan Carter from Unico Zillow. We're going to be talking about um, Shiraz this week a little bit. We've got a, a wine to try. It's a Crudo. Um, it's a Luke Lambert uh, yeah. 2018 Shiraz um, that has been provided us, uh, for us by our awesome sponsors, Different Drop. Um, so we're going to be tasting that. We're going to be chatting about a few different things around that. So welcome, guys. Hey, well, mate. Well, thanks thank so much. Ben. Yes, back again. We're enjoying it. Um, so what's your first thoughts? We're, we're tasting this, this, this wine. Um, well, firstly, I mean, it's, it's interesting to, to, I think, remark about this particular range of, of his wines because Crudo is actually Italian for raw. And okay. I, I'm, it doesn't, I don't think it actually says on the label here, but I'm, I'm pretty confident it's a, it's a no-ads wine. I'm pretty confident these are like no sulfur, no nothing. Yeah, yeah, minimal hands off. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's got a, a couple of different wines within this particular range. Um, in particular, a, a, a absolutely stunning Nebbiolo Rosé. Um, and here, of course, Syrah out of Yarra Valley. Uh, typically, we're going to see, uh, and, and I think you actually do sort of straight up the nose. There's either going to be like there's a either a fair whack of whole bunch um, yeah. playing around, so like really cool sort of herbaceous brambliness about this, but it, it doesn't feel green. Um, and that's one of the, the more appealing things of growing something like Syrah in the Yarra Valley um, because it is a much more cooler climate. Uh, we get what we call lignification occurring. In <coughs> Sorry, lignification occurring inside the. The bunch itself, the actual so lignification. Can you? Uh, yeah, for sure. So bit? lignification is basically when uh, a plant starts to sort of kick into to what we call carbon storage mode, uh, where it turns all the green parts of of the actual plant to woody parts for winter, um, and and hardens them up. Um, and this is a really key thing, particularly if you want to use techniques like whole bunch. Because if obviously if you go and eat a whole bunch of green stems, they taste green. They yeah. don't taste very nice. Um, but uh, here, evidently, we're getting you know the more fun um, sort of cedar box uh, characteristics. Yeah, I there. certainly get that kind of nice woody cedar box, almost some mm. deep tobacco in there. Do you? So you use the term Syrah. Do you want to give us a bit of an explanation mm. on Syrah versus Shiraz? Um, look, Syrah for me, I'm, I'm a bit more of a purist than most. Syrah for me is the term. Um, Shiraz is a bit of a perverted term and but it is the term that has been adopted inside Australia for the same great variety and sort of like when we see things like Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio there has been two defining styles um, that have uh, particularly dominated the, two, the, the usage of those two words so uh, Syrah will be utilised more often when we see this sort of style of wine like um, Luke Lambert's Crudo uh, whole months use what we call old world techniques or minimum in intervention as soon as that wine starts to go into the realms of being quite extracted and quite rich Shiraz will often be the, the preferable term um, but it isn't a hard and fast rule there are there are outliers uh, to the use of this rule now it was interesting I was only having a conversation though um, recently only like last week it was 
relatively alcohol fueled at the time, so I'm not too <laughs> sure how much I remember exactly of this, but it was about the origin of Shiraz. Yes. Um, because there is, of course, a, a town uh, in, um, I, I believe it's Israel, called Shiraz. Yes. Uh, yeah. um, but I believe that has absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the reason why. I mean, do you, I, do you know? No, no, I don't. All of, I guess my history goes back to the Northern Rhone. Yeah. But in terms of Shiraz, no, I wouldn't. I know there is a town in Israel, but... Yeah, that's what I've heard that that's where the name came from, but I'm not sure if that's actually correct. No, apparently it's a happenstance, uh, and I believe it came from somewhere in... Like, I am paraphrasing out of my backside here, <laughs> um, but I believe it's actually um, something to do with the way that... Um, it was maybe people that came across it wasn't at a loot like it wasn't lutheran germans yeah i think it was actually like another whole sort of populace or people that came out and that's just colloquially what i've got known as right and they and just brought the name with them yeah interesting because we we had we had a chat about this on on an episode a few weeks ago uh that, that we kind of same kind of conversation the Shira versus shiraz um terms and we, and we were saying that uh, mark was saying that potentially in in a few years time it might only be allowed to call be called shiraz if it comes from the barossa valley we might end up with one of those kind of appalachian yeah, type look, style I, things it's Could like be the, interesting. it's like the appalachian wars yeah that's <laughs> happening right now which yeah. are it's 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 the wrong. I, I wouldn't mind. I don't mind Appalachians, but I think um, uh, it's being fueled for the wrong reason. So it's being fueled by, by basically protection of, of marketing assets. Sure, it's a reason why Prosecco gets changed to Glera and then conveniently, exactly a number of years when you know fair trade agreements um, uh, come up for uh, sorry free trade agreements come up for review, uh, then suddenly it's just kind of slipped in there that you know suddenly Prosecco is a region and yeah, um, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, I heard another one the other day was really interesting was Nero Davila. Uh, and that's sort of like okay, it's very frustrating that the name of the variety says of Arvala. Yes, and you go, <laughs> if you go to Arvala, there's not a lot of narrow Darvala. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's more in like Vittoria. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, and they're they're trying to protect that as well. I wouldn't mind. I honestly wouldn't bother me if um, you know. Barossa controlled Shiraz. Um, I think you know. it would do an interesting thing for for the kind of the wine markets because I, I know, for example, like my housemate, uh, she drinks a lot of Shiraz, and she kind of she doesn't say I'm going to get a bottle of wine. She says I'm going to get a bottle of Shiraz. Like that yeah. is the first instinct for her is like that's what I'm drinking. Yeah. So I think for her it would just blow her mind if suddenly all Shiraz was this expensive Barossa, and she was like, "What's Syrah?" Like what, well, what, what do I drink? It wouldn't necessarily. I mean, you've got to be careful with these things because, like, it wouldn't necessarily make it more expensive. Uh, if anything, it would give. Uh, you know, if I was making wine in the Brossa and it just got appellated, I'd want to be the cheapest player with the term Shiraz on there. Yeah, because, right. Because that's going to be the most would buy it. <laughs> Everyone would buy it. That's right. Uh, and it already is actually quite expensive. Uh, mm. You know, pricing for Barossa Shiraz at like entry level baseline grapes so quite expensive. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm I'm more of a softy. I, I just think that the Brossa has done such an incredibly great job at forging our entire industry from the ground up. You know, notwithstanding the the work done in Hunter Valley as well prior. Um, hey man, if they can if they can get an appellated term, and and that can be something like we got to think as an Australian wine industry, what that's actually going to mean yeah, for right, everyone. Big picture. Yeah, big picture. Yeah. Not so, and and we don't often do that in Australia. We really think of them and get caught up in the minutia. Um, you know, kudos, man. I mean, hell, but this is coming from a winemaker that that doesn't make like Shiraz <laughs> at all. You know, so maybe others would feel a bit differently. Yeah, about have that. you ever grown Shiraz in, in any of your vineyards? Uh, well, for the harvest, social cantina. So we've got a social cooperative yeah. winery um, that um, some of our growers do have Syrah, uh, but we've never marketed it as Shiraz. Uh, you know, again, it's about the particular style, the vast bulk of what the Barossa crafts uh, get sent overseas. And then there's uh, sort of the, 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 
for me, the really important sort of wineries, and they're all important, but the ones that really stand out in my mind are things like the Henschkes and the Torbrecks or the Kellermeisters, um, you know, that have been on these farms. Well, it's like in the, in the case of Kellermeisters, been on the farms for like the 1850s. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the Henschkes that forged that entire sort of realm uh, and that entire industry up in Eden Valley or Cainton. Uh, and then you've got Torbreck, which, uh, you know, kudos, uh, identified all these ancient vineyards, super ancient vineyards that were a threat of being pulled out during, you know, uh, and thank thankfully survived the vine pool scheme of the 70s and um, and put vine age on a pedestal and allowed uh, you know so gave license with the release of things like the lead uh, yep. for other companies to to push uh, an agenda of basically high, highly priced uh, coveted wines um, you know we look at the things like the price of the lead or grange or hill of grace yeah. and people kind of shiver a bit but then you look at the broad spectrum of global wine and it's actually pretty cheap uh, when it comes to like you know the the apparent you know based on price the yeah. apparent best our country can do is literally a quarter of the price of the best that Absolutely. France can do yeah. for example and, and that come, that might come down to rarity or it might come down to just like a general range marketing things. range of things rarity yeah. I mean there's not a lot of 150 year old vines it's just no. not uh, and most of them are now controlled by sort of Penfolds, Henschke and, and Torbreck so I, I think it, this is interesting speaking of Torbreck so um, Mark um, at Baydecker Baydecker has, has its own uh, Torbreck kind of uh, wine we um, do sick so yeah we've got the Torbreck Baydecker and it's an old vine Shiraz that's uh, from fruit from the Runrig vineyard but it's 100% Shiraz that's pretty badass yeah it's pretty it cool it is good it's from the 2014 <laughs> vintage but we have it uh, in Magnum only so. Doubly badass. Is it served by the is it served by the glass? Yeah, we did do it by the glass. Oh man, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we do it through the Coravin, awesome. so it's it's a whole show. It's Sick. I think it's for people are, when they buy a nice glass of wine like that, it's nice to put the Coravin in, extract it out, put it in a little cant and pour it out. Except Can't do that when, with a screw cap. No. <laughs> Wait, no, you can now. You can yeah. you can yeah, buy the screw cap. But um except when it goes a bit wrong with the magnums, they're so big that sometimes the Coravin doesn't quite work properly and there's a bit too oh. much pressure in the bottle and I had an awful situation the other night where um, I was shit, showing man. off showing off the Coravin to a guy and giving him a taste of the uh, Torbrek and uh, the cork kind of shifted and it's sp- wine spread out the side all over his white t-shirt whoa nowhere to hide yeah I remember cracking a bottle of um, of red sparkling red at like the races once when I was doing <laughs> on the floor it already sounds good yeah and it slipped out of my hands oh uh, hit the like literally hit the ground and then sprayed all these girls <laughs> sparkling red yeah <laughs> do any of them still talk to you uh, not a lot of girls talk to me no, <laughs> just in general that's just something I have to live with <laughs> but, um, I think the I think the comparison between uh, what this crudo that we're drinking now and the and the Bayda Cachuros is an interesting kind of point of the conversation we've been having that this is kind of a lighter style it's it's fresher it's it's kind of more naturally made this kind of newer methods of winemaking and the Bayda Cachuros is this like kind of old vine smoky bold kind of mm. massive wine and mm. you can really see Big the and dusty is the descriptor yeah. Like yeah, I, I like that it. I like that expression as well yeah. like uh, and I, I find that a really appealing it's sort of like the appeal of going into an, a library you know it is it, and there is a an old world romanticism built around that that mm. um, you know Australia's intrinsically been a part of I wouldn't necessarily call, like like call this particularly light though this, sure? this is in, on the realms of being like Syrah this is on the the sort of medium to, to heavier spectrum in my opinion anyway um it's amazing um freshness yeah, like, yeah. I've had, i think that's i've had right, these wines yeah. before and they've never been 
this sort of crunchy. I think when I said light, that's kind of what I was, yeah, probably mm. what I was referring to. Is the that first drink of the morning, stuff. Shiraz. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Brunch, uh, Dusty was a great Shiraz. word I'd explain <laughs> for myself this morning uh, as well. <laughs> well, you are what you eat, so. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, the, yeah, I mean, so this, this crudo is, is this kind of, again, we were talking about natural wine last week. Is this the kind of thing that we would be referring to in that kind of natural wine realm? Ooh, yeah. Well, for That's, me, I think this is yeah. where it's, where Luke's probably advantages and that he doesn't, I guess, challenge into that more extreme side of things. And it's... You mean he doesn't release a lot of faulty wines? No. That's it. That's um, it. I think this is the danger of that entire movement. Yeah. Being associated with faults. Yeah. Well, and that, actually, I almost feel like there's almost like a degree of lobbying going on from the conventionalists. Yeah, actually... Who like <laughs> almost refuse to even try some of these wines and go, no, I don't drink faulty wine. Yeah. That actually Do- Dogma never to, got anyone too far. Leads me into no. a question that I wanted to actually ask you, Brendan. Yeah. Is that um, there seems to be kind of like a bit of a misconception or un- unsureness in the public about what natural wine actually is. But Neil McQuiggan, um, one of the kind of major Australian wine producer, last year said that, um, this is a quote, uh, that natural wine is not really wine. And he said that um, it's overly acidic, oxidized and cloudy. Um, he hasn't tried enough natural wine. Yeah, then. so that's what I was thinking. You know, it's a short-sighted um, statement to make. And I think... Um, for a person of that caliber to be making broad sweeping statements like that probably highlights more of the concern that he might have over his own market share. Sure, the fear of this new thing that's growing. I think fear of new things is fine, but I wouldn't necessarily point sort of any particular sort of hatred back at making those statements. Those statements being brought out of uh, misunderstanding of what it is. Um, and that's fine. That's completely fine. But the, the problem is when there is a tit for tat constantly happening and we kind of, yeah. you know, again, get bogged down in the minutia. Um, you know, this, for example, this crudo is, to be honest, I'm going to say it's freaking stunning. It's really nice. Um, like I would, I would delete a bottle of that pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't exist for very long in my house. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the flip side is a lot of those sort of more conventional white wines out of that, you know, out of even like the Hunter, I, I wouldn't drink as quickly. Um, and now, Maybe that's a palate thing. Maybe that's a... a, a well, it's even just not needing the food element at all. It's really got great drinkability. It isn't that medium palate mm. weight. So it's got that approachability. It's got irrelevant of what you want to call the wine. It's just yeah. a nice wine to drink. Exactly. And that's a really interesting concept that we constantly band around, uh, bandy around back at HQ is, you know, okay, I, and this is going to sound terrible and people are going to paraphrase this. Like They're going to say I'm <laughs> like all for binge drinking and it's not about that. But, you know, it's about being respondent to our environment. Inside Australia, we do typically drink a lot of alcohol without food. And we can try to answer that by, um, you know, encouraging people to, to have more food with wine and that's a good, good thing. But I think from a winemaker's perspective, we should be crafting wine to suit the environment and the reality is a lot of people don't eat a lot of food with yeah, wine. Yeah, especially I think it's kind of like a younger people thing seems to be happening as well at the moment that I've noticed like a lot of my friends and things where usually if you have a, a get-together at your house or something like that, everyone would be drinking beer. These yeah. days I notice that everyone just seems to bring a bottle of wine and we'll be sitting there. You know, I have no issue night. with this. Yeah, drinking a lot of wine. So I think that this is really cool that these styles of wine allow us to just go i'm just gonna grab this bottle it's easy drinking it's mm. nice i don't have to have like a cheese platter so i can deal with the you know the heaviness of one of the wines or the or, mm. or the tannin kind totally. of content so th- this allows you to just have a great night for sure and drink. it's actually a really interesting observation that we had recently about um looking at just literally every wine style around the world um and and i really would like to to be challenged on this um you know every wine style that i've seen uh 
is always quite uplifting. It's a typically high acid, even if you start looking at um, you know very extracted styles, Valpolicella, Rapasso style, that typically is still high acid. Yep. Even Sauterne, it's high acid. Um, yet we have seemingly managed to create a, an industry of low acid red wine, which can be really tough to be able to consume uh, on a day-to-day basis. This big swing back to high acid refreshing wines, and it sort of answers a little bit uh, in this sense, if that is in, in, indeed the case, that our sort of version of wine is a little bit perverted or has been, it's granted it's changing, uh, would explain why the fortified wine industry in Australia has bombed. Did it really bomb because it was grandma's drink? So was gin, and gin's just, you know, booming through the roof, mm. right? So are we going to see a revival uh, of our fortified industry fueled by craft spirits and fueled by the absence of big, rich, heavy extracted red wine? I've got a theory that um, that things like Stan and Netflix bringing back old shows like Frasier. I, watch, I just watched the entire 11 seasons of Frasier and all they're drinking is sherry and all I want to do now is drink sherry. I know, right? So <laughs> sherry, <laughs> I mean, and sherry's fantastic. And I, I work sprawling, like we, we aren't even scratching the surface yet. Like, we think we know wine styles. We just discovered orange, which is an entire category of wine, not not a wine style. There's different yeah. types of orange wine too. Um, Chacoli, man, that's that's going to be a huge thing in the next five years. Chacoli, which well, is which is, and see, this is a beautiful mm. thing. Like you know, Chacoli is a, a wine style that uh, originated in the Basque region inside Spain. Typically, nine percent alcohol. Okay, high acid to the point of salinity and slightly frizzante, poured with incredible theatre um, to be able to like release all of that stuff. But it is a wine for like crunchy, zippy aperitivo style drinking. How far away is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want this. <laughs> this sounds it's, fantastic. It so, does. The only problem is it's spelled T X, like isn't it T X A C or T X C A? So it's going to be very hard for a lot of consumers to be but able to read. The I feel like your marketing though. department could handle yeah. it. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Thank you, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could. We could. Yeah, but it is in the corner. Sorry. <laughs> How beautiful, saline, savory, yeah. low ABV. Um, you know, it's just really, drinkable. It works. It works. Yeah. And, and that, that's one of many, many other styles of wine that we're still discovering. Just let's not do Retsina again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please. Do you think? No. Do you think we'll ever hark back to the, the Roman Greeks. days and do golden Stick wine? To food. Um, you know, I had a golden beer recently, which was like a, from. Um, it was. Oh, it was an Etruscan style beer from, um, oh, what was it? Um, Bira del Borgo. I know this is a wine podcast. I'm yeah, that's, that's idea, okay. But um, it was Relates. utterly terrible. Oh, no. And so, yeah, let's not do the Roman beer. Okay, let's do <laughs> Aromatized good. wines, again, another great style, though. Yep. We are seeing a resurgence of aromatized wine styles. Vermouth, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, I think um, that's about all the time we have uh, with Brendan today. But um, I'll let you know as well that you can get the uh, Luke Lambert Shiraz um, on uh, Different Drop, uh, who are our sponsor's website. It's only 25 bucks, I think. So you, it's a pretty affordable and lovely bottle of wine. Um, so hit up differentdrop.com. Um, you can find their whole range of great wines. They're super supportive of, of Brendan's stuff and, and a lot of the cool winemakers around the country at the moment. Um, yeah, so, so hit them up. You get a discount code when you make an account and... Get a cheap bottle of wine. Hell yeah. Drink it on a Wednesday night. Have some fun. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Um, thanks, this has ben. been in vino as usual, thanks, and we'll thanks, see you next Brendan. week. Yeah, Pleasure. thank you, Brendan. Hey. 
Hey James, Yo. what's better than a rotating cast of hosts? Oh, I don't know, maybe the obscure sport ferret legging where people put ferrets down their pants. Or Graham, the 52 hertz whale, the loneliest whale in the world. How about everyone's favourite Christian radio program, Ranger Bill? Whoa, who the hell this? are you? Who the, what are you doing here? I came prepared with a 45 minute lecture on international humanitarian okay, law. Where do people keep coming all from? All these people oh. are, you know, where? Uh, we host now. Yeah, oh, we're, we're, oh. we're the new hosts. Of what? Of unfeatured articles, everyone's favourite Wikipedia-based podcast where we dive into the depths of Wikipedia to find articles that aren't necessarily featured. Oh. Uh, check us out everywhere you check out podcasts. It's free. Podcasts are free. iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and other things. Love you. Thanks, kids. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 